This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'm your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by Dave Esler, professional sports better. Dave, we probably should recap our last show, even though it's been a while. We went 0-3, and our fate of a winning versus a losing podcast turned on one specific game in the bottom of the fifth inning on our two first five bets, but that is how small the margin of error is there, Dave. Yeah, I know. We might have had a chance to win it back on Thursday, but you made me come up there and play golf in your outing, so we couldn't do a podcast. You know, I, I didn't want to just think like people to think like we're out of our out of our ritual of twice a week podcasts. Yeah, we just the last few weeks for us, what we've been putting out like one a week, but it was you had something come up, I had something come up, and then yeah, you were flying up to Wisconsin to play in our golf outing, which I don't know. I think between us, we played all right golf. Just wish we would have uh, putted a little better. Yeah, well, you know the drill. I didn't want to stop and eat. You guys did. I wanted to grab and go, and that was that was a lethal decision to stop for 20 <laughs> to 25 minutes and then get back up and try to do it again. We lost all our momentum. <laughs> yeah, we finished uh, We finished Eagle Birdie Birdie. And, Dave, you, uh, you drove the par four that we eagled with a hell of a shot. And then we, yeah, we went into the clubhouse and ate. And the next thing you know, I think we went bogey, bogey. I, I know we did. I don't think we did. I, and after that, I was like, F it, you know, I'm done. You know, what? Uh, it was, uh, but it was a good time. I'm glad I did it. And I'm, I'm sorry to winners take listeners. We will be, we will be more predictable going forward. Yeah. I think Dave, we finished five or six under for the uh, round and the winners were 14 under, but man, if we could have only putted better. Yeah. Take away, take away those two bogeys and make a few putts, but that is nine strokes. So yeah, we had a good time. It was a, it was a good tournament put on by you in the, in the zone. And I think, I think everybody will be back again for the next one. And that's, what's important. Everybody had a good time. So looking at uh, today, now we are recording this. It is currently June 26th on a Monday. Uh, the first three games we're going to run through for the Major League Baseball slate will be for tonight, and then we'll do three more for tomorrow, obviously June 27th on a Tuesday. So uh, the first game that we're looking at here, 6.05 first pitch central time, Cincinnati Reds taking on the Baltimore Orioles. You have Brandon Williamson on the mound for the Reds, and you have Cole Irving on the mound for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Dave, what were you thinking for this one? Because I thought this one was uh, was very close. Yeah, I mean, I looked at it and I immediately wanted to take the over. I mean, I don't trust either starter or either bullpen. And the weather pattern's ideal. I mean, I think I'd be looking at some home run player props. And if I come up with any between now and then, I'll just throw them out on my Twitter. Um, you know, I know Baltimore's home in seven straight games at least once. And and uh, they've given up nine homers in the last four games. And Irvin gave up three at the Cubs uh, in his last start. I know it wasn't Wrigley. I know it was against a team that hits left-handed pitching, but he still gave up three home runs. Um, and the Reds haven't seen him. Um, but they are a quality hitting team against lefty. So I really can't take Baltimore. Williamson, he's been kind of marginal to bad. He had a little fanfare early. But and Baltimore crushes lefties, so I can't take the under. But the over just seems like really too obvious. Uh, and all the tickets are on the over. Total's still at 10, hasn't even gone to 10 and a half. So I'm a little leery about that. Um, you know, Reds games have seen 13-plus runs, six of their last eight. Um, they've been hitting and they've been giving them up, especially the bullpen. 
So I, I was trying to be cute and trying to figure out what I wanted to do here. Um, but since I handicapped this until now, I have changed my mind. Uh, I was going to just take the polygonic square over. But I'm going to technically take the Reds team total over four and a half. Okay, I looked at this one and I tried to go through, uh, you know, some of the statistics. And I was kind of with you with Irvin and Williamson. Both guys, not the greatest starter. Both guys can get lit up. Uh, you look at both of these offenses, the Cincinnati Reds offense is absolutely surging right now. And you mentioned how the the Baltimore Orioles smashed left-handers. So that was almost uh, pretty even uh, between the two teams for me. And I'm looking at the the bullpens, probably a slight advantage to the Orioles at this point, but the Reds bullpen has actually been pretty good this year. So I, I just thought everything seemed pretty equal. Maybe I'd just roll in the first five innings with the Reds because I was catching plus money in the first five with Cincinnati. And they've been that's, super hot, so why get in the way of that? I mean, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. I mean, you know Baltimore was due for some regression. Yeah, I can I can live with that. Good call. So I, I went with Cincinnati in the first five on the money line. Dave likes the Cincinnati team total over the four and a half. Moving on to our second game here of the Monday, June 26th slate. We're actually going to look at the Detroit Tigers as they head to Texas to take on the Rangers. 7.05 first pitch. We have Matthew Boyd on the mound for the Detroit Tigers and Andrew Heaney on the mound for the Texas Rangers. Uh, this one, Dave, uh, I know we talked about this earlier, but I gave it out on the morning show. I kind of lean towards two of them in this game. Yeah, I mean, I know the Rangers are, are the better team. But I asked, my, I asked, you know, is Andrew Heaney a minus 200 pitcher? And, you know, the answer is no. But having said that, the Texas bullpen has been pretty elite lately. And uh, surprisingly, the Tigers have only had 13 at-bats against Heaney, and, 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 and that's uh, by two players. So, you know, yeah, that's in the fact that the Tigers are just 5-10 and 10 against left-handed pitching. I could make the case for take Texas, but that's pretty steep. Uh, and the, the Tigers' bullpen has kind of outpitched their coverage lately. And Otani and Trotter are combined one for 12 with five Ks against Boyd. Uh, the only angel that has in him is Moustakas. I don't even know if he's going to be in the lineup. But if he does, I will be on his player props over. Um, you know, when I add all this up, you know, I'm fairly certain this game doesn't see nine runs. So I actually bet the under, you know, with that line shooting up from minus 185 to minus 200, I also think that probably the Tigers team total under is a decent bet. It's only three and a half, but it is the Tigers. They are sucky against left-handed pitching. So Tigers team total under and, and game under nine. Yeah, I looked at this game, gave it out on the morning show. Heaney isn't that great. You kind of spelled that out. And when you look at what he's done by month, he's June has kind of been his worst month. He's, he's regressing even further. Now Boyd on the flip side, he hasn't had many good months, but June has been his best month. Also, one thing, Boyd actually saw Texas earlier this season. They hit him pretty hard, but Texas hits everybody pretty hard. I know this is a, a Dave Essler thing. He'll probably make some adjustments, so I do like him to kind of try and keep the Texas Rangers in check. And then you kind of said it. I know Heaney is, is regressing, but the Tigers aren't great on offense just in general. I did like because it was plus money, and, and you also mentioned how it's it's pretty steep for a, a Texas minus 210 in this game. I did give out the Detroit Tigers in the first five innings on the run line, plus that half a run. That was plus money this morning. I also could definitely see the first five under uh, because I, I don't see Detroit blowing Heaney up. So uh, 
yeah, I, I like the Tigers in the first five on the run line. I'd also lean to the first five under. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, it all makes a lot of sense. So I guess if it's scoreless after five, we'll both be happy. So that'll be our second game for the Tuesday slate. The final game that we're we're doing for Tuesday, it's going to be the Chicago White Sox traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Angels. Dylan Cease on the mound for the White Sox. Reed Detmers on the mound for the Angels. I also gave this one out, too. Yeah, I mean, the White Sox put on some miles last night flying back from Boston, which clearly puts them at a, a rest disadvantage, if you will. But it's also a first game back for the Angels. And, you know, more importantly, the Angels' bullpen uh, has a whip lately of 1.86 over the last week, which to me makes the Angels' full game impossible to bat. You know, Demers would have had a flyback early, and, and so I'm not worried about him. Well, I'm going to be worried about him because he's Reed Detmers, but not from a rest standpoint. Um, but you know, he's been pitching fairly solidly lately against some decent hitting teams, but the problem is the White Sox, you know, they're 11 games under 500, uh, and they're 11 games under 500 on the road, which not cool, uh, which was 13 games under before they took two from the Red Sox over the weekend. Cease has been good, but he hasn't been great. You know, he's always given up two, three, two, three, you know, maybe he doesn't have to be great, but to me that the fact the angels are decent sized favorites gives me pause. I tried not to do the obvious here, and the obvious would also be the White Sox first five, and that's probably solid, but I might look at the over. I think it was eight and a half last night. Look, it may come down to eight, and if it does, I will take the over because I don't have any respect for either bullpen. What do you got? So I gave this one out on the morning show. I went with the obvious and gave out the Chicago White Sox on the first five innings. Cease, man, he really struggled in April and May, but you look at his June numbers, and He's got an ERA below two and a half in June, and that's facing Texas. That's facing L.A. That was facing the hot Marlins team. And, yeah, you can throw in Detroit. They're no good, though. But overall, it's pretty pretty good three starts there. And I think you're just seeing he's back to being in his Cy Young caliber type form. Now, you mentioned Reed Detmers. He's thrown the ball the best he's thrown it all season as well. But I like the fact that I don't expect – there to be a ton of runs in this game just because of the the pitching and the fact that uh, the White Sox don't score a ton. And the lower I think that score is, the more the plus money as a, a dog with Dylan Cease uh, equals for me. It's more valuable, I guess I would say. I don't I don't disagree with you. You know me. I just I don't I don't jump on the on the on the obvious bandwagon. I work really hard not to because over time the obvious bandwagon will lose money. But the obvious bandwagon does win, too. So I would certainly not argue with your first five bet. See, that's that's what – so the first game we broke down was the Baltimore Orioles and the Cincinnati Reds. My first initial thought, knowing that the Reds have been, you know, hot, uh, Baltimore crushes lefties and neither pitcher was great, was to just right away go over. And I know that's what you liked. But then I, I tried to say, well, don't do the obvious. But I right. feel like – I feel like why it's this one's a little different for me is because the White Sox stink, if that makes sense. Like you, you yeah. talked about how they're eleven games under. So I don't, I don't necessarily know if people would say the obvious is Chicago in the first five because I almost feel like it would just be Angels for the game. Book it. Yeah, well, uh, it can't be because their travel and their bullpen has been pathetic. But you know, who knows? That's why we do what we do. So that'll be all the games that we go through for Monday, June 26th. 
Now we're going to fast forward here to Tuesday, June 27th slate. Uh, the first game that we're looking at, it's actually a 6-10 central time first pitch between the Miami Marlins and the Boston Red Sox. Sandy Alcantara going for the Marlins. You have Garrett Whitlock going for the Red Sox. I just don't know, Dave, how you can put any money on Sandy Alcantara right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with him. And we actually talked about him last week, and he promptly gave up five runs to Toronto. Uh, after allowing five to Washington, uh, the start before and two games before that, five runs to Oakland. You know, he did sprinkle in a, a gem against the White Sox, but, you know, is that the outlier? I don't know. Uh, Whitlock's been good, although some recent cracks seem to maybe be showing up. But at home, he hasn't lost, albeit only in three starts. And Boston has seen Alcantara, but as a team, they're three for 33 off of him. And 16 of those at-bats are all by Adam Duvall, who's 0 for 16 with eight strikeouts. So, you know, I, I think the best bet in this game might be the under or the first five under. Um, I just can't make a viable case for either side, no matter what I do here. You know, I, I'm just going to go to the old standby of not a lot of familiarity. And the Red Sox kind of got, got deflated a little bit over the weekend. And, um, you know, I trust Whitlock to at least keep it close. So, you know, if I had to bet the side, I'd have to take Boston, but I, I really, and if anybody wanted to do that, but the first five under, I think is, is the best bet here. Clearly. Yeah, I actually, that's what I did. I, I just went with Boston in the first five. I just can't for, for a guy that had all the hype of winning a Cy Young award last year. I know a lot of people like on the fantasy baseball spectrum, they were all taking Sandy Alcantara pretty high and, you know, they thought he was going to be pretty good, but he just hasn't done it. I mean, you look at his ERA pretty much every month, it's been around five. And yep. he, he just continues, like you said, it doesn't matter if it's Oakland. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, insert any good team like the Braves. They've all hit him. I just, I can't put any money on Alcantara, especially when he's the name out of him and Whitlock that the public would actually know. I would have to play at Boston the first five. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. I, Boston's I, also I, the better hitting team just in general. I know yeah. Miami plays in a in a bigger ballpark and – you know, they've been hot as of late. But when you purely look at the numbers, Boston's offense is better than Miami's as well. Yeah, I mean, they're a better team, no doubt about it. And sometimes it is just that simple. And because it's Alcantara, you get a reasonable price. So, yeah. Moving on to our second game here for the Tuesday slate. Going to go to a 7-10 central time first pitch. Cleveland Guardians traveling to Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Royals. In this one, we got uh, some young pitchers here. We have Gavin Williams on the mound for the Cleveland Guardians and Brady Singer for the Kansas City Royals. I'll be honest, I don't have a great feel on this game. I ended up writing one thing down, but uh, this is probably my least confident game we have for the Slates. You know, that's good because it's actually one of my most. I mean, I, I can't write off Cleveland like a lot of people have. <clears throat> you know, they're, they're three games under five hundred, but they're only a game out of first place in the AL Central, and they've won – five of the last seven. And, you know, I know Kansas City, they do have arguably their best starter on the mound with Singer, and the Guardians are typically not an offensive juggernaut. But to a man, Cleveland has torn him apart. Uh, and when you add in the fact that the Guardians will get their full complement of at-bats via the road team, and the Royals pen is the Royals pen with an area over five last week and pretty much every week, I mean, without hesitation, I'm going to be betting the Cleveland team total over. You know, having said that, Gavin Williams was torched by Oakland uh, in his first major league start, actually, but he was. 
elite in AAA. I, this year, he struck out 61 in, in 46 innings. So I do expect better this time around and what will be his second big league start. Uh, so I want to take the full game over, assuming Kansas City would hit him as well. Um, but he's got a huge upside. Uh, and so the variables are pretty huge too. So I'm going to stick with my gut, my handicapping, and I'm going to bet the Guardians team total over all day long. I actually really like that. And I can't, you know, I'm kicking myself for not thinking of the Cleveland team total over. It's because I was looking at this and Singer hasn't been good. And you, you can pull up his statistics against Cleveland. They've killed him. You mentioned that. The Cleveland team has actually been hotter as of late. The offense has been a little bit better. And then you see the the Williams numbers, and they're super high in his first start. It's a young pitcher. Everything basically for me was like there's going to be a lot of runs. I you know, would imagine a lot of people are going to bet Cleveland. And just because it felt like this easily should point to a lot of runs, I went under just for the hell of it. I well, really – I really didn't have a good feel on this game at all. Well, that's okay. Then we need seven to one Indians. So Guardians, excuse me. Yeah, and it, like everything just says, Singer should get destroyed. Their bullpen's no better than Singer. Williams got torched in his first game. This offense is hot for Cleveland. That's it. Was just the complete fade of everything that people probably thought. Yeah, I agree. And I just had to throw everything out and and stick with one team to score runs rather than try to put in a lot of unknowns at this point with Williams, because like I said, he'd been really good at AAA this year. So, you know, his first start, I got to kind of, got to kind of give him a little bit of a pass for that one. Uh, I know nobody gives up that many runs to Oakland, although lately Oakland has been scoring. So, you know, you just don't know. I, I just think Kansas City's such a light hitting team that, you know, it might not take a lot to, to have that seven to one game and we both get the win here. So going to our final game here on the Tuesday slate, it's going to be the Chicago White Sox taking on the Los Angeles Angels. Michael Kopech on the mound for the White Sox. Shohei Otani on the mound for the Angels. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for here? Because I got a much I got a much more confident pick on this one than I did the last pick. Fair enough. I mean, it's game two. We just talked about game one. So we don't know how Thursday's game affects this, but you know, I can assume that I still won't like either bullpen. Uh, and we obviously have both teams aces starting. And, you know, Otani does always seem to give up a couple of runs. But the White Sox exposure to him is very limited and, and not very good, or at least not enough to take Kopech, although he's been serviceable against the Angels, um, albeit not a ton of at-bats. But it's enough for me to go right ahead and nix bullpens and really just look at the first five under. I mean, we know the White Sox have offensive issues. Uh, and before the Angels uh, blew up in Colorado and, and, and you know, they scored like, I don't know, 30 runs and, and, and lost the series two to one. So they hadn't been hitting. I mean, that one game was totally the outlier. Uh, they were shut out in back-to-back -back games against the Dodgers before that. So that's really just icing on the cake for me. I, I love the first five under. That's exactly what I wrote down right here. The only thing that I had, Michael Kopech has been pretty good as of late. Shohei Otani. You know, obviously we know how good he is, and, and he's even better at home, and he, he's been better at home his entire career. White Sox are a light-hitting team. Uh, not a ton of familiarity between these two, which is – it's it's a little odd since it is AL, you know, Central versus West, but not a ton of familiarity. And, uh, yeah, I, 
I believe in uh, cutting off the bullpens here because I don't want to deal with the uh, White Sox bullpen. And, and you mentioned it too, that, Hey, we don't know how either bullpen will be used tonight. So yeah, give me the first five under uh, that one. We might have to circle as a, a podcast best bet. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but it's definitely on the list. All right. So that'll conclude our MLB slate for today, Monday, June 26th, and tomorrow, Tuesday, June 27th. Uh, Dave, I know we've been giving out some college football and NFL future win totals or, you know, game of the years out in the future. I know you've been working hard on that. So uh, what were you looking at for some of your future bets? Yeah, well, this one has a tie to, to your Badgers, actually. I, I like the Florida Gators under five and a half wins down here in the SEC. I, I know there's a buzz in Gainesville and Napier's second year, but, you know, consider this for a second. They opened the season at Utah, a team they miraculously beat in Gainesville last year's season opener, or actually more accurately, Utah beat Utah. So they're not going to win that game. They end the season at FSU. Both the Utes and the Knowles are teams that are going to contend for a playoff berth. So that's two out-of-conference losses right there. I mean, obviously they lose Anthony Richardson, but I was really never high on him. Uh, they bring in your boy Graham Mertz, and yeah, okay, problem solved. But I don't think so, because I don't think Mertz saw the speed in the Big Ten. He will in the SEC, save a couple of teams maybe. And honestly, he's not even assured to start. I mean, Jack Miller, the, the you know, he's he, him. And it's either going to be him or Jack Miller. Miller, he was a three-star out of Arizona, recruited by the likes of Alabama, obviously signed with the Buckeyes. So he doesn't suck, uh, and he's not going away quietly if Mertz is named the starter. And it won't take many mistakes for Napier to, to make changes, especially given the expectations uh, in Gainesville, albeit false in my opinion, uh, that they have down there. I mean, I think if Florida didn't open with, like, McNeese State and Charlotte, I bet that farm you got up there in, in, in Wisconsin on this one, I, I really like it. Yeah, I'm looking at the the schedule. I just pulled up Florida's schedule. There's no way they win at Utah. I, I, no chance. I think – I don't know if you were on it, but I know for sure I was on Utah minus the points, and it looked like they were about to cover until Cam Rising threw a pick in the swamp with like 30 seconds left. No way they win that game. Okay, McNeese State's a gimme. But we don't know what Tennessee's going to look like. Obviously, that program is starting to to fire on all cylinders here as of late. Charlotte, okay, that's a gimme. I don't think Kentucky's a guaranteed win, especially at Kentucky, and we know how Kentucky and Stoops gets up for the Florida Gators. Vandy, okay, I'll say I'll give it to them. That's three. South Carolina's questionable. They're going to get destroyed by Georgia. Arkansas should be pretty good. LSU's going to be pretty good. I know you're high on Missouri, and it's at Missouri, and Florida State's going to wax them. I think I got about three wins for the Gators guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And, you know, they're also going to be – I mean, I, I just don't think they have – They're primarily they're going to ground and pound, and um, that's not going to win games unless you have an elite defense, not in college football, especially not in the SEC. So, you know, I, I'm going to hold out a little longer. Maybe I can get a six, but I doubt it. If it hadn't already gone to six, I don't think it will. Uh, so that would be my – my favorite college bet of this particular podcast, my friend. Yeah, so you went with an SEC future last week. Uh, you went with the Kentucky Wildcats over for their season total. And, uh -huh. um, you know, just thinking about both the Kentucky and the Florida one, 
I've noticed that when I go through it and just based on what I know, and I, I don't study these teams as closely as you do in the, the future and the win totals and all that. But what I'm noticing is a lot of the, a lot of the, the totals that you like, you have kind of about a two game buffer of, you know what? Five and a half is a number. I think there's three guaranteed wins. I, I think the same thing with Kentucky. What was the number? Six and a half. And I think and a half, we, yeah. we came up with, they probably had at least uh, a nine and three season at best, but yeah, that gives you about two games of buffer. Is that kind of what you're looking for when you're looking yeah, at Yeah, You want some buffer. I mean, you know, it's not like any of these are etched in stone, but you know, I mean, why cut it close if you don't have to, there's 140 odd teams. We can, we can be betting on here. Just, you know, pick out the ones where you do have that buffer. Um, you know, I mean, like Georgia, for example, you have no buffer. I think their win total is 11 and a half. They play 12 games. So in order to win the overbet, they have to go undefeated, which I actually think they will this year. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I would bet that over if you made me, but with zero margin for error, you know, save a, a monsoon game or somebody gets hurt. Uh, that's the only way they're, they're not going undefeated. Well, I just think that's that might be a good rule of thumb for people out there where if you think you might want to bet, a, a season win total go through and and try and figure out how many guaranteed wins or or losses you think they have uh, yep. just, just where if you if you have at least a two game buffer of where you think they they could be best case scenario it's probably one you might want to bet yeah yeah yeah. i don't bet a lot of money on them because i don't like to let the books hold my money until like january um but they're 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 good bets to keep interest in what it does also for me is it, it, it forces me to follow those teams, uh, even though it's only a hundred bucks or 500 bucks or whatever the number is. Um, it keeps me engaged in a lot of those teams. So um, it forces me to do the work rather than, you know, not look at a team for two or three weeks and miss something. Cause you know, as well as I do, you have, we have a little margin for error either in this gambling thing. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about it just to start the podcast, our last episode a week ago, went 0 and 3 and it literally hinged on the bottom of the 5th inning in one particular game where yep. each of us had a bet on and yep. had there not have been a home run we both would have cashed our bets and instead of 0 and 3 we would have been 2 and 1 and for anyone out there that's yep. bet at at all you know that a 2 and 1 versus an 0 and 3 is a lot different yes it is you know and i mean and that's pretty much every day actually i mean you don't get those 5 and 0 game days often where they're all easy i wish uh, I like the Denver Broncos under eight and a half wins, really. I, mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, I actually, the more I, the more I did dug into it, the better I liked it. Uh, you know, the perception here at Denver, they got to play better than last year and Peyton is going to make that happen. And, you know, you know, think about this. I like Peyton. So don't hear, do not hear what I am not saying, but the saints had uh, under Peyton, of course, three straight seven and nine seasons in like 2014 to 16 Two of those were before Michael Thomas, all of them without Alvin Kamara. You know, Peyton won the Super Bowl in 2009, never made it back. In fact, they only reached the NFC Championship game once after that. And all the while playing in a pretty weak NFC South at the time, he coached in a dome. He had a team built for a dome. Now there's blizzard warnings for half the season. He's good, but not great. And, you know, in Denver, his starting running back right now is Devontae Williams, who's not Alvin Kamara. He's coming off knee surgery. Denver has a decent wide receiver core, not an elite one. They tried to upgrade with Marvin Rims from Oklahoma in the draft, but 
every Oklahoma wide receiver looks good on paper uh, on a passing team in a conference with little no defense, CeeDee Lamb being the exception. And then, of course, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, Russell Wilson. He's got to be 35 this year, and he's taken almost 500 sacks. And, and listen to this. In 11 years in the league, he's only thrown for 4,000 yards four times. Okay, well, what does that mean? Put that in perspective. Kirk Cousins has thrown for 4,000 yards seven of the last eight years. Uh, you know, and the Broncos once Super Bowl caliber defense. I think they're a shadow of what it was. A lot of people are upgrading them, but, you know, they're, they're – their defense last year, granted, was put in bad situations by their offense with turnovers. But I don't think you lose Bradley Chubb and just get better. And I looked at their schedule aside. You know, they play, obviously, the Chiefs and the Chargers four times. Um, don't know about Oakland. I think I gave out the – Vegas, rather. I think I like I like them under. But they also got road games at Miami, at Buffalo, and at Detroit. So, interestingly, we just talked about this. They don't have any margin for error to win nine games. And I think their depth is pretty pretty questionable. Uh, if there's injuries anywhere. So they won four games last year. They, to lose this bet, they need to win five more games than that last season. Um, I know they've had some upgrades. I know they got Peyton. But is that five games worth? I, I'm not buying the hype. I'm, I'm buying Denver under eight and a half wins. See, I feel like Denver is – one thing I don't think you, you mentioned there was uh, the conference that they play in. So – they're in the AFC, which in my opinion is tougher than the NFC. And they're in the AFC West where you know Kansas City is going to be good. You think the Chargers should be decent. And then there's there's uh, Denver. And I really think Denver is going to be like a feast or famine. And I think it comes down – like I know Sean Payton's going to be a good coach. I know that Denver should have a good defense. I don't know if Russell Wilson still has it. And if he does have it, is him and Peyton going to get along? Because it seemed like Russell Wilson was kind of starting to become a problem that did whatever he wanted under Nathaniel Hackett. We'll see how that goes. Denver feels like it could be a boomer bust team for me this year. Yeah, and and I get that, but I'm I'm going to go with I'm going to go with uh, with bust. Really, I mean, too many little things. I mean, all those things I mentioned, like none of them are positives for Denver. So there's not one big thing that I can say Denver's going to suck. Um, there's just a lot of little things that I don't think are going to make the quantum leap that maybe the public does. So Dave likes the under for the Florida Gators win total, and he likes the under for the Denver Broncos win total this year. Uh, man, we we're, it's almost July. We're getting closer to camps opening, and we're getting closer to football season. But before we're out of here, let's uh, let's give out our Major League Baseball best bets for June 26th, which is today. It's Monday or tomorrow, June 27th, on a Tuesday? Yeah, I'm going to pick one that I really like. I'm going to go with that uh, Cleveland team total uh, on on Tuesday night over. I really like that, and that would be 1A without a doubt. Uh, and I think 1B would probably be the Reds team total over tonight being Thursday. Okay, so Dave's going to go with two. He's going to go with the Reds team total over, and that is tonight. And he's going to go with the Cleveland Guardians team total over. That is tomorrow. I was looking at these, Dave, and I think I'm going to go with the Chicago White Sox in the first five innings on the money line tonight for my best bet. And for tomorrow, I'm going to go with the uh, White Sox and the LA Angels under in the first five innings. And uh, we'll do a little two-pack each. So now my biggest question 
I mean, we've broken down a lot of games. You gave out some NFL and college football win totals for the season. Now my biggest one for you. You got to choose one. The cherry bombs or the brandy old-fashioned drinks? Oh, the cherry bombs. Dave, there's a cherry bomb guy. That's, that's a lock. That's a, that's a lock. And, and here's why. Not only did they taste better, but right before I drove that par four with a beautiful cut shot, I mean that was that was that was classic. That was PGA quality. <laughs> right before I hit that ball, if you remember, Ebo bought cherry shots. So that, that is know, true. Even if, even if they were horse shit, they worked for me. I I think the funniest part about that whole thing was you're like, yeah, I'll maybe have a couple drinks on the course, blah blah blah. And we took the first cherry bomb, and you hit like a great shot. And then we took the second one and you put it about five and a half feet on the par four driving the green and we eagle it. And then you're looking around and you had this like little dumb smile on your face and you go, I think we need more cherry bombs. Exactly. <laughs> although, although it wouldn't have made the second half any better. You, you know, us old people, we sit down for half an hour. We, we don't, we aren't that loose when we get back up. Well, I, think I, that- I, I saw that on my t-shirt that, that Ebo put on Twitter. I said, God, that was just the, the slowest sort of non-fluid shortest backswing I could ever take. I mean, I've replayed that like 10 times, like, Oh my God, don't do that again. <laughs> I wish, I wish I could delete it, but save it for my own posterity. So I can understand how bad I can suck. I did. It did fly off the tee. Nice. It did miss the tree. It did land in a fairway, but it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it, overall, it, it was a good, Good golf outing. We had a lot of fun. I think a lot of the listeners had fun, and uh, we're uh, looking forward to next year already. Yep, you got it. I'll definitely be there. But, uh, Dave, that'll probably put an end to our Winner's Take podcast. Uh, Make sure for everyone out there that you're downloading the podcast, sharing it with friends, uh, giving us a follow, a like, and uh, if you really feel like it, give us a review. Tell us uh, what your thoughts are on the podcast. We uh, love to hear the feedback especially from listeners and and ones that consistently listen because we're starting to grow Dave and it, it's cool to see we're, we're starting to really uh, get a following going and it, it's it's cool to see yeah I mean you know if anybody you know if, if you don't like it don't give us feedback but you know we're still <laughs> we're still in the infancy stage so we can take it in in a lot of different directions if people have ideas uh, because we do it for the listeners and you know if you have ideas on what you want to hear more of or what you want to hear less of, you know, don't be shy. Yeah. And, and until next, we'll, we'll put out our next podcast. Uh, it'll be Thursday. We'll start to do them twice a week. Might, we kinda, might, be, might, might be Friday, my friend. We'll see how it goes, but we will put uh, another one out. We'll get back to doing them twice a week. But until then, let's continue to make some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.